Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. I am one of the hosts, Matt, and with me, as always, is the GM of Clever Choice, Michael Roberts. How are you, mate? Mate, Feeling a bit nervous this morning. It's been been more than a couple of weeks since uh, we did the last one. Yeah, we've had a little break. You've been very busy. Yes. And so we thought we'd give it a little hiatus and uh, and rev up now. Yeah. And um, I think since the last time we spoke, I am uh, got myself back in the gym. Uh, oh, doing, I can tell, mate. I know. Mm. Eight kilos in six weeks. Yeah. So on the man shakes. Oh, well done. And um, I'm talking to you this morning. Yeah. Uh, we sat here and had some breakfast and... You didn't join us. I didn't. I've started training again. I, I need to lose a lot more than eight kilos. Uh, I think I put that on in the last month. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I've been very naughty. So you're back on the health kick? Back on the health kick, uh, eating eating nicely and, and training four times a week, which is more than enough for me. <clears throat> what sort yeah. of training are you doing? Uh, I do hit training, like it's a boot camp thing, high intensity. 30-minute yep. uh, workouts, they tell me. Yep. Used to be 27-minute workouts. But now he's moved it to 30-minute workouts, which I'm not particularly happy about. It's amazing that extra couple of minutes, how oh, that makes you, a difference. You can do it? a lot of damage in three minutes, Michael. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I went down to the gym, she goes, oh, we'll do a two-minute workout. And then she goes, you think that's easy, don't you? And I'm like, two minutes, you know, who can't do two minutes? I'm telling you, after the first two minutes, I was sucking lungs. Yeah. Thinking, and you want me to do this full-time? Yeah. Now, you know, I can get through an hour session with about a 30-minute hip, hip class at the end yeah. of it. So we generally do our warm-ups and yeah. strength and all that. And then, yeah, hit those 30-minute... Um, yeah, it's not fun. No. <laughs> well, mate, we're sitting here talking about training and sitting opposite us is someone who looks like he's right into it. Now, we've got Justin Lazinski from Master Floors Group up there at Yatla. Correct. Mate, your neighbours. Clever Choice neighbours. Yes. Yeah. Mate, Justin, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate um, taking the time to... Uh, Invite me here and enjoy both of your company and uh, see what we can, uh, what the world's problems we can solve today. As Matt said, uh, looking at you, you look like you've been working out for a bit longer than uh, the two of us. Uh, look, I do love training. It's a bit of an outlet for me. I've been a little bit slack the last couple of months uh, myself, just uh, with uh, work commitments and everything else. But yeah, usually try to train four times a week and give my 10,000 steps in a day and try and watch what I can eat. And uh, training for me is a bit of an outlet. Yeah. Um, there's where I take my frustration out of the anger for the day and uh, take it out on the weight. So it's always a good feeling and, yeah, just love doing it. So you've been doing that a while? Oh, probably in my later years in life, probably when I hit sort of 30s. Um, you know, grew up playing basketball and, you know, representing WA as a junior, that type of stuff. And uh, the uh, wear and tear on the body, uh, living in a country town, playing on a lot of uh, bitumen courts, uh, unfortunately, it took its toll on the old hips. So yep. um, I turned uh, to letting my frustration out and something else, and that was the gym. And it was a good, um, it's like therapy, basically, um, but something I enjoy doing. So probably, yeah, what am I, 44 this year? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the last 14 years. Yeah. And I think that's the part, you know, going to the gym, you know, I've realised, I actually didn't think about the mental side of it. Yeah. And that's probably the part I'm uh, enjoying the most. Like every afternoon, four o'clock, um, I just, you know, pack up and oh. go down and just have that one hour yeah. where I'm not thinking about anything. Yeah, 100%. Know? It's great. If I don't do it, I get pent up. Like it's an outlet. 
and uh, I really need to do it. But at the end of the day, if I miss it, I still, you know, I love it. And yeah. it's something that I have to do. And yeah. it becomes, you know, religious after a while. Yeah. I think it becomes a habit. Training's yeah, a habit. Does. And the same as not training's a habit. Yes. So yes. if you get out of it, and that's what happened to me. I did train for about 18 months very, very consistently. And then had some had my father passed away. So I had a whole thing happen. And then it just sort of got out of the habit. Yeah. And then 12 months later, you're like, shit, I've got to, I've got to start training. Yeah, that's it. And so it's very difficult. And you're right, it is a bit of an outlet. I hate it. Yeah. I can't say that I, I always laugh at people go, I love training. I'm yeah. like, I, I hate it. <laughs> I really absolutely do not enjoy it. Yeah. But I do must say that I feel better after training. Well, after the part where I feel really shit, <laughs> I do feel better for it. And yeah, I think that uh, you just got to fight through that. It's that first month, right? Yeah, so if you get it. through the first month, it becomes a routine. It's always that first month. It's hard yeah. and, you know, the mentally, the mental side of it, the pain, the exhaustion and all the rest and you, you hate yourself. But uh, once you get past that, yeah, it's easy. To I see. think once you start seeing some results, it becomes yeah. quite addictive. It does. And you're like, oh, wow, this is actually working. Yeah. So it's it, that's the keys. And so Michael's eight kilos down, so he's all over it. Yeah, Look yeah. at him smiling. He's killing it. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling good. I was actually looking in the mirror the other, uh, the other night thinking, maybe I could go outside with my shirt off. And then my wife sort of looked at me and she goes, you're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, we can always count on our wives to bring us back oh, to reality, can't yeah, we? Yeah, nice reality check. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, 100%. She goes, eight kilos, maybe another eight more, then you can start taking your You're not walking around Neely Beach with no shirt yeah. on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> No, please don't. <laughs> I got some mates that live at Manly. They they let me know. Yeah, they let me know. Okay, so Justin, you're a you're a fairly newbie to the Gold Coast. I am. I've only been here for eight months now. So okay, very very new. How are you finding it? Oh, uh, look, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, it's a, a different pace. Obviously, the different lifestyles, the beach lifestyle. Um, you know, living close to the beach, but it's also um, you know. It's busy, um, you know, the stress and all that's still there and it's fast-paced, but it's still a couple of steps removed from the, the larger cities where, you know, it's a little bit more relaxed yes. um, in that in that space. So I'm enjoying that. It's a, it's a huge change, um, but I love the different dynamics. I love the people here. I love the weather, the lifestyle. Um, so slotting in really well. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's got a lot of positives. I'm originally from Sydney. I moved up eight years ago, actually. Eight years ago tomorrow. Oh, nice! Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's I, we love it. Yeah, it, it, we were from the northern beaches of Sydney, so there wasn't a huge change. Beach, beach, and yep. just the the lack of stress yes. and the step back in, yeah. in that is what I still I really love. Although that has started to increase as we move on, it is a step back. But mate, I look on the table here. I still see you got two mobile phones. Yes, I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one, I, I come across here with my personal phone number to start with prior to taking the position over here. Then uh, the work obviously gave me the new work mobile. Yeah. And um, I had too many numbers on my private one and I want to keep the two separate. So I'll yeah. just remain that way. So yeah. it does look a little bit suspicious, but I can uh, reassure you that there's nothing like that going on. <laughs> no, I didn't think that. I'm just thinking, mate, you must be busy. No, I am busy. Be busy. Or he's got a heap of friends that yeah. I, don't, I don't obviously know about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because... I don't have many friends outside no. of this work for no, It's just easier than carrying around your black book. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, mate, you moved out here eight months ago. Always been in the flooring industry? Yeah, I have. I actually grew up in the flooring industry um, from, you know, many, many years ago. My father was a 
carpet commercial vinyl installer. So um, he worked for a, a company um, that he grew up with as a as a young man, and uh, that's how I got into the the position. Um, was never really set out to take that direction, but it's just something that was was there, and um, I've been around it, and it just uh, evolved from there. Basically, he he was a tradesman. I actually, as a young guy, did my apprenticeship as well. Um, so I am a qualified commercial vinyl installer, carpet installer by trade. Um, so can do it all. Haven't done it for many years. Um, so I basically started my apprenticeship in a, a country town and then uh, progressed and lived up in the Pilbara in Western Australia. And then as a, a young 20-year-old, 20, 20 I moved to Perth. Um, and from there on, I started uh, my own business at the age of 23. Okay. Um, which was, you know, supplied and installed floor coverings in Western Australia. It's incredible, Michael, and you'll attest to this, the amount of people that are born into the flooring industry. It's yeah. shocking, actually. Yeah. It's really, I would say 85% of the people we talk to are born into the flooring industry. Yeah. yeah it's in the blood. 100%, you know, especially a good percentage of the guests we've had on. Yeah. You know, it's been passed down by their parents and... And I suppose that's um, one thing we've spoken about about the industry is out in the schools, out yep. in the community, yep. the flooring industry isn't really promoted as a no. pathway for children. No, so it's not. really most people that get in the industry have come have been born into it. Yeah. Um, and it's probably something, you know, we've spoken to likes of Fiona and, mm. you know, the other industry in uh, the other industry um bodies yep. is ways of attracting new <coughs> people into our industry yeah correct 100 percent. and that's why i joined the fcia fcia too i was a director on the fcia for about four or five years um and obviously having my business for you know one in perth and one in melbourne for so many years um i'd gone through probably trying to get 14 apprentices on and obviously all the way back in the, my early 20s i knew that there was uh, you know struggle to get tradesmen all the way back then, at good tradesmen and new blood into the industry. Um, so when the FCI come about and I was nominated on the board, um, I jumped at the opportunity. Obviously, wanted to make a difference and get new blood into the into the system. But you know, assist with training and educating and promotion of the flooring industry yep. because it is a good industry um, and it needs to be promoted that young kids can make a, a good living out of it. And be very successful, yep. and at the end of the day, make a lot of money. Yeah, and it's interesting. That's where we actually met. Yeah, um, was on that uh, committee um, exactly. with Simon Scott as well, the um, the Clever Choice founder. Um, 100%. And uh, yeah, that was good, that good was friend of ours. Yeah, sure, sure is. Um, actually, I bumped into him the other day. And oh, perfect! Look, looking like Santa Claus with his big <laughs> white beard. Yeah, he's got a big white beard now, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's great to see what you know the FCIA. Um, you know, that was what seven, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when that was sort of founded and where they are now. Yeah, um, look, it's incredible, and um, you know that sort of thing is always a challenge starting from scratch and the you know the the politics that you have to go through and the you know different boards and government to try and get these things up and running you know, it's inspira inspirational yeah and a credit to the fci and what they're trying to achieve yeah um so you've been in the the flooring industry for well since you could walk basically yeah pretty much i grew up you know climbing carpet racks you know, as a young boy and, you know, playing in the carpets and jumping all over them. So, you know, from school holidays, uh, working with my father and, you know, 
on on projects and stuff, and uh, while the other kids are out there having fun, we're on the on a floor site, you know, yeah. helping him. <laughs> so I bet you would have seen some huge changes over the years oh, with yeah. the way the industry is now. Lots of changes, obviously. You know, changes in Australian standard, changes in product, changes in procedures, system methodologies with different products, and you know, once again, your technology and products improve, um, and all those things. Yeah, so a huge change. So <clears throat> one thing. Um, You've now joined uh, Master Floors. Yeah, the Master Flooring Group. Um, so, what's your what's your target market and focus? <laughs> and tell us a little bit about what you guys do there. Yeah. So, um, first of all, just you know, obviously, love to thank Courtney and the Master Flooring Group for having me um, and offering me this position. Um, Courtney offered me the position. We were friends prior to even talking about flooring, so they've offered me the position over here. Um, you know, project managing, estimating. Um, basically looking after the Gold Coast. So my personal target market um, on this side of the world is probably apartment-driven. Obviously, the Master Floors Group tackles everything from hospitals to aged care to casinos, everything. We mainly target the Tier 1 builders. Yep. Um, so, But on the Gold Coast here, mainly at the moment, I'm doing a lot of high-rise apartments. So currently running several large projects with a lot of new ones in the pipeline. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so they typically have our carpet timber, obviously, um, you know, a lot of floor prep, carpet tiles, entry matting, all those types of things. So the dynamics change on each one, um, but pretty much predominantly that's what we're doing at this stage. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so you said um, floor prep, big topic on uh, on the underlay. It's a big topic. Um, so on the commercial side of things, which is predominantly what, just said that you guys focus yep. on um floor preparation would have to be a huge part of what you guys do oh 100 um obviously construction we just talked previously about the construction methods changed and and stuff like that obviously these days to your standard construction you know where you had a traditional concrete slab a lot a lot these days are pt slabs which post-tension slabs they're they're stressed basically so they built quicker um, but in saying that they also inherit a lot of problems where there's a lot of deflection on the slab um, so a lot more floor prep is required so typically our normal say apartment block we'd have to go in there a, a full grind um, obviously we start trying to negotiate floor prep um, to price it's always a difficult thing but it's, you know plus or minus three mil over your, your two metres, three metres, four metres, however, st whichever standard you want to look at. Yep. Um, but a lot of the time we have to get in there, survey the, the concrete slab, lasers, check out the difference because uh, when you have huge deflection and you've got uh, luxury apartments, especially on the beach where we have to, say, mend external window to a balcony um, and we have the FFLs, or the heights set up in the doorways, um, it can be challenging to meet. So some of these concrete slabs of these days you know you might be using anywhere from three mil up to 20 plus mil over a slab so it's a considerable amount and it's a huge expense and it's always a very very tricky one to negotiate i guess it's what a lot of people don't see when they look at those apartments they got the specs coming across their desk and yes. they they just see oh i can make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in laying floors yeah but they don't realise, like you said, you know, setting your heights, your grinding, your prep work, oh, yeah. um, you know, all your unions and 
Like, it's a different beast, isn't oh, it? Oh, 100% it's a different beast. Like, especially from, say, moving to WA over here, just with the, the unions, the EBA agreements and stuff like that. In Western Australia, we're a little bit behind. We, we don't have any of that. So, um, here's different. Um, so, when you're dealing with Tier 1 builders, it's completely different. You know, for all aspects, you've got your safety that comes into it, um, you know, your, all your induction processes um, with the grinding, the new rules with silica dust, mm. um, making sure that you, you have all your paperwork or your guys are fit tested um, and that once, you know, the guys are on site, they're, they're doing that correctly and doing it by the book um, and make sure you have your exclusion zones, all those types of things that come into play. So it's a lot different to going to mum and dad's house down the road and, you know, pulling a grinder off the back of a trailer and, and you know, doing what some, some guys do. So it has to be done correctly and, and that's one thing that we do right. Um, yep. You know, MF, the MF um, Master Flooring Group are really big on it. Obviously, we've got two sides of it, MFP, MFC. So we do lots and lots of floor prep. <coughs> if anyone has uh, gone into our warehouse, you'll see there's pallets to the rooftop of screed and they come in and out every day, yeah. self-levelers. So we do a lot of it and we do it well. Yeah, it's, um, it's something that even, you know, like you said, even though uh, on a commercial scale, it's a must. And Oh, it's a know. must, yeah. You, ha- you have to do it and you have to be able to, to do it right. And you have to know where to start and um, even how to tackle it. Some, a lot of people who haven't experienced it would go into one of these sites and, and be lost, to be honest, um, because there is a bit of a knack to it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, guys do have to know what they're doing. Because it is hard to marry up all the different heights. Say, for example, if you've got your FFL in, the, in your doorway, obviously you're marrying up to your, you know, like I said, your external balconies. Yep. But you've also got to marry up to your en suites, your bathrooms, your toilets, um, where those heights are predetermined already. And say we're dealing with a typical 14 mil timber, um, then you know you've got your adhesive on top of that underlays if you're using an underlay, yep. and uh, yeah. All your different heights, so it's a it's a challenge, and sometimes it's quite time consuming, and obviously that adds another factor to your your time frames and schedules and programming for the works. Yeah, um, can yeah add a considerable time into it. So at the time of negotiation for through a contract, it's something that really needs to be taken into consideration. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. The last sort of several years, um, you know, working in conjunction with um, Master Floors, uh, I've been very privileged to get on on site and. Yeah. You know, help project manage these yep. sort of jobs as far as the supply goes. And, yeah. Um, I had actually no idea several years ago on that scope of work. Yeah. You know, I, I just thought, oh, we just go in, do a bit of grinding and leveling and then lay. And then, yeah. you know, when you really get into it and go up level on level, yep. seeing the amount of equipment that's on every level. Oh, you for know, sure. if you're working on three levels, that's three or four sets of equipment. Oh, that's right. Um, all the door levels. So, you know, it's good to be a part of that. Um, process and it's something i guess clever we we really enjoy yeah look it it is it's fascinating to to see if you've never been involved with it to see you know as you said some people just think you go in there and you lay the timber and and you don't see what happens behind closed doors or on these sites to get them up to a standard that is going to be acceptable for the you know for the builder and for the end user at the end of the day yeah um so it it is quite interesting to see and and what's involved in and each one of them is different um you know some of the projects, like, say, for example, I got to the end of one the other day and we got up to the penthouse suites. We, we had to put 25 mil over it. 
um, yeah. which is a huge <laughs> amount of floor preparation just to get it up to a stand where we could meet the external balcony windows. Obviously, a penthouse suite being uh, have, having a large balcony to start with. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of prep to get to that point. Um, so it takes you know a certain kind of person that's has those skill levels to be able to achieve that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so on that, you know, I guess it all starts when you start looking at um, all the regulations and parameters and things like that. You know, the tier one sort of jobs they set that standard. <coughs> they, um, they do. They and do. then a lot of that we're starting to see now filter down into your standard residential jobs as well. Because yes. There's a level, I guess, that people now expect. Yeah, correct. You know, they want that seamless look. They yeah. want um, a solid finish. They yeah. don't want floors that bounce and squeak and no. do all those type of things. And, you know, I know it's a, a lot of discussions that I sort of personally have with um, yourself and Jordan and Courtney on the ways that we can make sure the product performs the best. Yes. And ultimately, we're starting to see that now, you know, filter through residential clients yep. as well. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so whether it is a, a large, huge commercial project or yep. it is, you know, a mum and dad. Yeah. Um, especially a lot of the luxury designer homes and things like that with all new herringbones. Oh, all yeah, that most definitely. Through. Yeah, people like, you know, dynamics and things have changed like we've talked about already. Um, everyone wants that, you know, that top-notch finish, um, a certain standard of finish and, you know, and so that's what we all try to achieve across the board in the industry. And um, obviously, obviously, as uh, things have increased with the those type of products we use, um, people, you know, they should they should have that finish. Yeah, it's funny because hearing you talk about the importance of uh, of the quoting process and and actually getting it right and estimating and getting that right. And I'm going to go back to and you talk about now that feeding down into residential and how important the floor prep is and I don't know if you remember Michael but when we spoke to Emma Griffiths yep. CVT flooring she made a really good she made a statement she said if you can't afford floor prep you can't afford your floor yep right and it's that important mm, yeah and I think that it must be as you said that it's another level when it becomes commercial oh, because you're dealing on you know multiple apartments yep. you know it's and it's obviously it's a much bigger building. There's there's going to be much more uh, movement. There's going yeah. to yeah you know, everything's different. It is. So it must be you really need an expert to come in and do that, right? Oh, you do, you do. Um, and you know that's like I said before, that's one thing we do pride ourselves in. Um, and it's not an easy it's not an easy task to to take on. Obviously, um, each of the floors are different, the levels. Um, so, for example, you know, a lot of the projects that we start, we'll get a heat map at the start where we'll, you know, be to see some of the deflections and then when a, a PT slab is loaded with stress and weight, they sag again. So there's another round of, you know, how much is it deflected. So then we have to, we'll either get the slab surveyed or we'll do a, a survey ourselves. Like, for example, I just got a new project starting in Main Beach the other day. Myself and uh, one of the timber installers and the builder were up there with a laser level going through, seeing what the differences were between the set height in the doorway and where we had to marry up, trying to work out an average of, you know, levelness that we could achieve um, in that those apartments on that one level and obviously they vary from level to level so it is it is a specialist trade that you know requires someone that really knows what they're doing it's funny because we we talk about the i guess the inadequacies in marketing uh, flooring as a trade option yeah but there's so many elements to it 
So it's because it, when I when I was at school and like I'm the oldest here, yeah, uh, and it's you. It was the big three. It was yeah. you either became a carpenter, a sparky, or a plumber, and that yeah, was it. Yeah. And you and I, to be honest, I didn't know if there were any other trades. Yeah, because that's all you get told. Yeah, yeah. but right. then you start to talk about this, and it's like there's so many. You get into flooring; it's just not laying the floors. No, it's no. just there's so many other things you can do within that trade oh, and really, this yeah. so this and this is actually new to me hearing someone say that it's actually specific skill set and all this stuff and so because that might be someone might spark them and go shit i'm i'm actually interested in that yeah mm. and it, but no one would know no no one would know no that's right you so know, it's a real shame well the aspect of you know estimating you know that that's yeah. where it all starts really which you know i guess in the retail game they call it quoting right yeah so there's that whole estimating side of things and um, then you've got your floor. Well, obviously, one winning the job. You then got your floor assessment. Yeah. You know, not only are you checking the levels. Yeah. But you're looking at all the outside elements. You're looking at you know the whole environment, and then when we're laying it, you know, then blackening out the windows and you yeah. know, like a lot of these sites are going to be locked up for a period. Yeah. So trying to make sure that the climate's going to be right. That you know, so there's that side of it. Uh, and then once you've got all your levels and all that right, then, yeah, there's the laying part, but you've got your direct stick or you've got your floating. Correct. You know, where do you put all your expansion gaps? Yep, exactly. You know, a lot, a lot of the plans, yeah. um, you guys flick over to we me. We do a lot through. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so we're then assessing from the supplier's point of yep. view, making sure we're putting the right expansion trims where we can. Yep. If we can eliminate some, then what other allowances are we going to make? Yeah. Uh, because they're not always just a square room. No. Uh, they're no. actually never <laughs> just yeah. a square room. Yeah. Correct. Um, you know, and then from there, then it is going through that laying process. Yep. And then I guess the, the next part is in the finishings, That's you know, right. all the different trims. So whether we're using a colour match, whether we have to powder coat trims, Correct. Uh, skirtings on and like off. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, at the, at the end of the project, you know, we're doing floor protection consistently. Yep. Um, then once the job's clean, you know, we'll cork it. Yep. Um, you know, make sure that it's, you know, all sealed up. Um in relation to whatever the builder specs want, um, that's what they call for sometimes. Yeah. Um, so you know, we we have to take care of all those things as well. They're all different variables um, that add up on the job. So yeah. yeah, it's a lot more than just laying a floor mat. No, and that's and that's never really been communicated in this way before. And I guess until you get an expert in that specific yeah. area that knows the the true importance of it and the, and the skill set required, that it never really has been communicated that way. It's yeah. always just been about, oh, you just got to prep your floor. Got to make sure it's level. But, but all this stuff that goes into it. Yeah, you know, a, lot, and a it's, lot of planning, you know, even even on a commercial project, just coordinating site deliveries and, you know, from, you know, you've got to get timber up to, say, level 31 and, you know, you've got a team of guys coming on, so you've got to program it in with... You know, all the other trades that are there on a site, you're in a confined area and everyone wants to get materials up at the same time. Just, you know, just organising and planning from that perspective, you know, adds another whole element to it as well. Yeah. So was this, so you've obviously, you've expanded on what you were doing uh, in WA. Yep. Were you were you doing a role like this in WA? Because you had, your, you had your business. Yeah. But did, so you, did you start to gravitate more towards this? Project-based role? Or? Oh, no, so pretty much in Western Australia. I had a, had a large company myself. I had probably 26 staff that worked for me um, and anywhere from five to 30-plus subcontractors as well. And I had uh, an office in the Philippines and an office in Melbourne. 
So it was quite a substantial business. Um, so in my earlier years, I would do the estimating project management. Um, but as as the business grew, I employed you know more project managers, more estimators, um, and then I I sort of moved in into like say 2017-18 into more of a, a management role and managing the business and say you know um, more client development business relationships building on the business yep. and those types of things so um, moving back and um, probably restarting again um, I'm more back into where my roots were into the estimating and project management which I enjoy I love being out on site meeting the different you know types of people um, there's some real characters that you meet and getting to deal with the reps on a daily basis as well. Um, and, you know, and you always get a buzz out of seeing your, your finished product at the end of the day. Yeah, it's interesting. It's Running your own business isn't for everyone. No, it's not. <laughs> and and, and, and there's, you made a really good point there again is that, that you, you realise, and I think smart people realise that you can't work in the business. No. You need to be on the business, you and do. I think that's that, and that's that really difficult decision: is what time is it to go? Okay, I'm out. Yeah, correct. And I'm now, I'm no longer that role, yeah. and I am doing this role now. I think yep. that's a really difficult decision. It's, but it's probably the most important decision for any business. Oh, it is. You have yeah. to cut that umbilical cord at some stage, and, yeah. and realize that um, you you can't control everything, but you have to for the business to get to that next level. You have to be able to manage it, trust your staff that they're capable. And that's why you've chosen them for that role, and that if the business is going to grow, you need to be you need to be pushing it, steering the ship. Yeah, yeah. I find I, I'm a big believer in that. Just hire people smarter than you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you've done all the hard work yeah. to get to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So just hire people smarter than you, and just you just do it. I think that's the that's business one hundred and one. It's not a bad philosophy. Yeah, I like and, it. And I'm similar to you, Justin. I actually like working in the business. Yeah, you know, I like being, you know, connecting with the clients and you know talking to yourself yep. and you know being on the ground, being being the you know that front man with all the staff. Um, you know, we're very lucky and fortunate and clever that we've got Sean. You know who works on the business, yeah, um, yeah. and that's a role I don't aspire to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I like my hair and I like it sitting on the top of my head. And uh, you know, seeing what business owners, you yeah. know, knowing Courtney as well, yeah. the pressure that they're under, and you know, the way they manage it, yeah, is a completely different level. Um, and yeah, and I guess ultimately, um, you know, making a decision to stay in the business yep. and doing what you love too. Yeah. And I think that's a big key for everyone, you know. It, if you're doing what you love, then it's not really work. Like, I don't yeah. look like I'm... Well, never work a day in your life. Yeah, mm. I don't right. look at it that way. And that's why I try and sort of, you know, instill on our staff. Yep. I don't wake up thinking, I'm going to work today. No, no. I just wake up thinking, okay, what am I going to do today? You oh, know, exactly. like it's just part of the process now. You have to love what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you know, jump in the car, drive a thousand kilometres or, you know, just turn up to the office and hang yeah. out with the staff. Yeah. You know, head to the gym, whatever it all is, it's it's all just part of the day. Yeah. I think if, if you've got that, yeah, then everything, oh, sure. everything else is easy. Yeah. Well, people like, you know, people always perceive that, you know, business is easy and, you know, looking from the outside in and, but, you know, 
not many people realise, you know, when, say, for example, you know, someone like Courtney that's running, you know, the master flooring group, you know, it's a huge amount of pressure. You've got a lot of, uh, a lot of staff working for you, a lot of overheads, a lot of cash flow, um, you know, and the hardest, the hardest part at the end of the day is trying to get money off everyone. Yeah. Um, so as a business owner like Courtney or myself in the past, you know, there's a lot of nights, you know, sleepless nights sitting there staring at the ceiling and, and people don't see what happens behind closed doors. So mm. it's always a challenge and, you know, it is very rewarding but it has its challenges as well. Yeah. Um, so if, um, I guess, we talked a lot about the commercial aspect. Yep. Um, and Matt and I talk a lot uh, to the retail side of things. Yep. So um, I guess with Clever, we're sort of at that point. We're about 50-50 now, which, yeah. which we're very comfortable with that... You know, that's a good percentage. Yeah, yeah. Um, the likes of uh, Masterflow is a great supporters of ours and doing a lot of commercial there. Um, and then obviously we're seeing now a lot of those processes, like we said, sort of flowing down into yep. sort of the retail side. Um, so it's good to sort of see, um, and I guess the FCIA as well are now really promoting it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a, a very interesting time to be in the flooring industry. Um, with the changes, the yeah, it's growth. Look, certainly evolving, which is great to see. So, mate, you've upended your whole life. Yep. You've moved to the Gold Coast. You're starting again. Yep. That's a bit daunting. What do you do away from work? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Like moving here, I've been fortunate enough um, to get close to the beach. So I'm living in Broad Beach. Yep. So I usually like if, if I'm not working, say, for example, I'm, I'm assisting uh, running a large project of ours, which is at Logan Hospital for John Holland. Um, so I'm doing that. So that means I, I get up at 4 a.m. in the morning, have to be on the road by 5 a.m. to get to site by 6 a.m., get all the guys started and deal with all the uh, little issues and make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to be to get started. Um, so that sort of changes my routine. If I'm working in the Broad Beach area on my projects or through the uh, from the coast, we've got an office in Yatla. So typically I, I do like to be around the, the Gold Coast sort of area um, so I can manage and look after my projects and, and look after those things. So typically I get up in the morning nice and early because running my own business, uh, creature of habit, like I said, habit, um, I get up early anyway. So I like to start off the day with a little walk along the beach, do about a five-kilometre walk in the morning, come have some breakfast, get changed, either go to Yatla or jump in the home office, start off uh, following up on my emails and tendering and all those sorts of things that need um, prioritising first. And then, you know, go through the day and it'll be many site visits or dropping off samples or calling the likes of Michael. Um, so, yeah, and then my off time, I like to hit the gym. Yeah. Hit the gym, but uh, I was fortunate enough prior to moving here. Um, I had the business in Melbourne, so I used to come here. Well, well from Perth to Melbourne, I'd probably be in Perth, uh, Melbourne, say, two, three times a month um, with work commitments and then more commitments with the FCIA when I used to travel there also. So I'd frequent down here on a Friday often, or up here, I should say, um, with a group of friends that I'd known since, I don't know, 2015, maybe earlier, come and spend some time with them. So that's, uh, I was fortunate enough to have that group of friends already. So I usually catch up with the friends and, you know, a couple of, you know, drinks here and there and have a good time and just enjoy the, the Gold Coast lifestyle. Yeah. You know, the beach and yeah. this weather and make the most of being outdoors and what it's all about living on the coast. Absolutely. I think it's important to have that balance, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's it's uh it, 
you know, we, we sort of, unless you're Michael, yeah. we, we work to live. Yeah. Right? We don't live to work. Uh, but, you know, I think that, especially here on the Gold Coast, it's, yeah. uh, it feels like it's a holiday every day. It does, yeah. Yeah, we're very blessed. I had, to, I had to really pinch myself when I first came here. Obviously, you know, working at a different pace and a lot of different hours, but I just really noticed how chilled and laid back it was compared to where I'd been and where I had worked. And, um, you know, sometimes I almost felt guilty mm. um, because it did feel like a holiday. Mm. Not saying that I was still doing the hours and the work, but it was just everyone's mentality and how everyone operated. It was just that few steps back, removed, um, but everything still got done, but it's just that atmosphere, that vibe that you get. Yeah, it's just a different pace. Yeah, yeah. it is. And I think it does take some adjusting. Oh, like does. I found that the thing that it got me the most is that <laughs> like you go to the supermarket and yeah. the, the tellers would talk to you, like yeah. the checkout chicks would talk to you. Yeah. Hey, how you going? How's your day? I was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, yeah. yeah. And then it took me like a couple of weeks to go, oh, yeah, I'm great. How are you? And then, you know, they just talk to you. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't happen in Sydney. No, well, I've like just been to Sydney on the weekend and I noticed that too. Mate, and I was like, <laughs> it, is, it is eyes down, yeah. bum up, just all about number one. Yeah, for sure. And that's because it's dog eat dog, right? Oh, Up is, here. Yeah. And I think that we're, we're lucky. It is. It does feel like a holiday. Like, I feel like I've been on an eight-year holiday. Yeah. And, yeah, well, I work. But, you know, the stuff that I took for granted in Sydney, I lived opposite the beach in Sydney and, and I never really used it. No. And, you know, and so I think that here I've become a bit more open to, to that, just taking advantage of what we've got. Oh, for sure. Because it, it's a it's – a comp- and people don't get it. People, yeah. My dad said to me when I moved up here – is oh, because we were selling to move, yeah. And they go, well, why are you selling? It's because we're not coming back, mate. No, no. <laughs> like this is it. We are going. We've made the decision. Yep. We are going. Oh, but what if you don't like it? Oh, how could I not like it? Yeah. And that was the thing. Oh, you won't get a job. I'll get a job. I'll be sweet. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what. The best thing for the Gold Coast ever was COVID. Yeah. That just changed the landscape yeah, okay. of the Gold Coast from a commercial perspective and a, and a business perspective, yep. where it was very difficult for people on the Gold Coast to get a job in Brisbane because of the commute. Yeah, okay. right. Brisbane people are like, oh, you got to. It's gonna. Some days it could take three hours to get to yeah. Brisbane. Now with the with COVID and now work from home and remote yeah. and all this kind of stuff, mate. The world's your oyster here it on is, the Gold yeah, Coast. Yeah. So why wouldn't you live here? Oh, for sure. This is the thing, right? Great part of the world. It is. Sure. There's no doubt. The biggest thing I've noticed been up here, like you said, Matt, is actually people communicate up here. Yeah, they I do. think because they're they're happy. There's that lifestyle. You're walking along the beach. You know, I spent a lot of time down the beach as well. And people do actually stop and say hello. Yeah. Um, so it's not that you're not working as hard. Like, you know, I feel like I work just as hard here as what I did in Sydney or anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, definitely. But it's actually more enjoyable because yeah. people do stop and want to have the conversations. And I guess instead of sitting in the in the office environment having a meeting, yeah. you're doing it at a cafe. Yeah, exactly. Or, so it's just more diverse in the places that you're at yeah. and the way people do communicate up here that actually you know makes it enjoyable. I've just come back from far north Queensland. Um, you know, I did a 5,000-kilometre round trip. As you know, I get up there quite mm. regularly. Yeah. Um, and the same thing, you get up there and, you know, there's just the sunshine, um, there's that open environment, um, you're still, everyone's still working and yeah. still, you know, mm. laying the meters yeah. and getting all that out. Yeah. But they're up at five in the morning, yep. you know, and that's, I guess, the other thing yeah. too is because of, I guess, maybe the weather. Yeah. Um, people oh, 100%. I think, you know, that the sunshine, the water just puts you in that great mindset to start with and you start the day off right. 
Mm. Yeah. And you know, I think it's just at the end of the day, it's contagious around here and everyone's the same. And so it's just a good place to be. Yeah. You feel like you're missing out if you sort of don't. Yeah. Them. And I think it's hard not to join in, you know, like, especially when a lot of us come from, you know, other states yeah. and you come to Queensland. Oh, definitely. Um, it's hard not to enjoy it. No, it's, uh, an but in, say, in saying that, they're, they're, it, the people are different here. Like, yeah, they are. Yeah, it is different. It is. And and if you're looking for a tradie, it can be bloody difficult because yeah. they're usually surfing, right? Yeah. And that's that. And people joke about that, but that's legit. No, like that a, legit. a good mate of mine is a plumber, and he actually said, "I recorded a podcast last night, and he was a guest. He came on to help out. Yep. And he said to me, he goes, oh, guys, sorry, uh, we train together as well. So yeah. he didn't, he wasn't at training yesterday morning.'" Which is unusual because he's a fit guy. And I, and I was like, oh, he, I didn't see it training. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, I was busy work, busy work. I'm like, okay, no worries. And then anyway, we're getting into the podcast. He goes, oh, guys, I'm, his eyes are really bloodshot. And yeah. he goes, oh, guys, I just want to let you know that I haven't been doing the wrong thing. Yeah. He goes, I was surfing this morning. <laughs> and I go, you just lied to me 10 minutes ago saying you were working. And I go, he goes, yeah, yeah, I was surfing. Okay. It rolls up. And he, he's the standard. He's got his, uh, he's a plumber with a van. He's got his board in the back of the van. Yeah. Yep. And it's just like if he drives past the beach and there's a wave, he's like, ah, oh, might as well have a break. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you know, it must be difficult. It must be so difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to fit that into your work lifestyle, don't you? You do. you got to keep do. fit and you, do. you know, get out and get some vitamin B. So, Michael, I just want to touch on you. You just said you did a 5,000-kilometer round trip. Yep. Right? And you enjoyed that. Love it. I actually, that's, that is the favourite uh, week of my quarter. So once a quarter, um, you know, and I guess we make sure that we get out to see all our customers, whether they're regional, city. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't value anyone, you know, master floors here, you know, hands down, you know, huge customer of ours. Yeah. But yet I give just as much attention to the little guy out the yeah. back of Afferton that only does one job a month with yeah. us or two, you know, a lot smaller so yeah i really love it i um it's my time away um yeah it's it's hard on the body thing i said to you this morning matt yeah. you know i actually felt bad last week because driving you know on average i'm driving about seven eight hundred kilometers a day plus visiting two or three customers so they're big long days yeah, they're big days yeah um you know and by the time i get to the hotel as much as my intentions are to hit the gym yeah just mentally nah. and physically exhausted. Like the body, even though you're just sitting on It's easier day. to get a beer, mate. That's what you're saying. Oh, <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. it sure was a, a down week for the uh, for the body and more of a mind week. But I love it. I we, actually love that road trip. I love road trips. Yeah. I love camping. Uh, so being in the car, I feel like I'm actually on a camping trip for, for five or six days. Absolutely. We used to say with my mates, and we still do say, is that uh, whenever you travel, is that, uh, you know, nude starfish clubby. So you just get back to the hotel, yeah. you just strip your clothes off, you do the starfish and you order a club sandwich. <laughs> yeah. so that's the nude starfish clubby. So what did you get up to last night? Nude starfish clubby. So that was it. <laughs> so it's, it's else you really can't be bothered doing anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just wonderful people up there. Like we're talking yeah. about, you know, different regions of Australia. Yeah. And, you know, the Gold Coast is one region, but you get up to far north Queensland and it's an it's a it's another level again. Yeah. Like we're talking laid back another fifty percent. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I get up to Mackay and uh, catch catch up with Mark up there, yeah. and actually we did a little little live podcast while I was in in there, and uh, I saw some of your stuff, Michael. You're, yeah. get, you're getting better at it. Uh, I actually <laughs> bought myself a new phone, so I didn't have the big blur f- blur uh, all yeah. over the screen. Okay, so, but apparently, you know. 
people like being. I actually got requested if I could do some videos with one of the stores. They're Definitely. Like, oh, when are we going to get on your um, yeah. on your social? Yeah, so right. Far from being uh, called an influencer, but... Uh, very far. <laughs> very far. <laughs> very far from being called an influencer. No Kim Kardashian. No. Or so, so, Justin, like, what are your dealings like with Clever Choice? So, because you know, we hear a lot about uh, Michael enjoys working with you, and yep. I know I've put you on the spot here, but how do you find them? How do you find their processes? How do you find the, the, the warehouse at Yatla? How do you find what they're doing at the moment? Because oh, they're well, in a real growth phase. Yeah, well... I, I knew um, the previous owner of Clever Choice really well. He's a personal friend of mine also, um, and that's how I first was introduced to Michael. So I knew Michael prior to starting over here. But, look, I love it. Like, Michael's just around the corner from me. Um, I know we must touch base four or five times a week at least, you know, asking Michael either for stock for a product or I've got a new tender I'm trying to price. Um, I find really good. All this stuff are really helpful, really efficient. They're always pestering me for information, which is, you know, I'm busy um, trying to do a million things at once, so it's good because, it you know, it always prompts you to have a look, call the client, make sure we're all on the same page and that we can deliver a product Um in a, in a manner that's success, successful for our client at the end of the day. So I really like dealing with them, and, you know, they are one of my number one go-to guys. Yeah. Well, there you go, Michael. Yeah, I just threw up the softball. Yeah. All right, he's just knocked it out of the park. Look at the smart. Like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> that that's, that's what a happy customer or a happy supplier looks like, actually. That is what a happy supplier looks like. It's unfortunate. Anyway, yeah. we'll go back to the guests. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I guess... You know, you've heard it, Matt. That's that's everything that we aim to do at Clever. You know, a big big part of what, or I guess not a whole, but an area we want to focus on is that service. Um, you know, we're we're in a different era now where people are QR coding. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of people walk around with their heads down in a phone. You know, so that human element, that connection, um, all that is something that. You know, our team just does the opposite. Yeah. Like they, they, they want to connect. And like you said, yeah. you know, you've got Cindy sending you yeah, yeah. <laughs> messages every <laughs> other day. Um, and it's because she loves it. She wants to be organised. Yeah. She wants to make sure that you've got your stock and everything ready when you need oh, it. Oh, definitely. Look, it's it's really good. And look, you know, it's a testament to yourself. Like, I personally don't have other suppliers doing that. So, you know, you guys really, really stand out in that department. So, hats would, off to you. Justin, would you say that... Uh, Master Floors has made the clever choice. I would say that's 100% spot on. <laughs> I love it, Matt. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. So. Hey, you should be at a marketing oh, I'm after going. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven forbid. Maybe I am. Uh, <clears throat> look, mate, I, I reckon that's an awesome place to leave it. I yep. think that we'd love to get you back on. I think that we... There's a lot more to unpack with that floor prep stuff. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. if you if you'd be up for it, I I'd think love the opportunity. Yeah, to come I think back on uh, it's been great to meet you. Great to know a bit more about you. Uh, uh, if you if you're up there at Yatla, drop into Master Floors, Masters of Floor Prep, Floor Coverings, Expansion Joints. Justin's the man. We've got you covered. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's good yeah, too. All the puns are coming. Wow, that was good. That was that was good. good. Uh, that, that's definitely where we need to leave it. We're going to do the we do what we call the Fast Five. Yep. where I'm just going to throw five quick fire questions at you. Okay, and uh, and uh, don't think too much about it. Yeah. Uh, developed by Michael, so not a lot of thinking is required. Uh, okay. Let's do it. Beach or bush, what do you prefer? Beach. Yeah, good call. Okay. So. No bush. No bush? 
We're ending on a positive note here, aren't we? Very good, very good, very good. Okay, uh, you you got one destination to travel for holiday. Where are you going? Oh, Italy. Oh, nice. My wife's just come back from Italy for work. It was uh, yeah, very jealous. For very, work, yeah, she went for she actually went for a conference for seven days, oh, nice. but she managed to be away for thirteen days. Oh, she done that well. Yeah, so she she went to Rome first. Yep, for four days, then went to uh, she went to Lake Como. She went good. to yeah, she went to a couple of places. It was she had a good trip. Wow, she was very lucky. Yeah, half a lucky. And a company told her that she had to fly uh, business class. Oh. Oh. And I was like, seriously? Poor I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I was, seriously? I said, well, can't you just say you'll take two economy tickets and I'll come with you? No, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah, I'll don't, stay home. I don't want you there. I'll stay home and look after the kids, darling. It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, so favorite food? Favorite food, pizza. Pizza, nice. Okay, you got one movie to watch for the rest of your life. What's it going to be? John Wick. <laughs> oh, good call. John no, good Wick. call. Good call. Good call. Okay, this is the last one. This is this is pretty powerful, this yep. one. Spray-on or roll-on deodorant? Roll-on. Yeah, how good's roll-on? Yeah, so good. Big, big guy. Big yeah. big fan of uh, of roll-on. Yeah. Definitely. Lasts all day. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it's not sticky anymore. Yeah. They've nailed it. Yeah, Nivea for men. You don't get the white marks nah. on your arms. Nah. Nivea for men. It's the so way to good. go. Oh, Nivea. We're not sponsored yet. <laughs> We're not sponsored by Nivea for men yet. Okay. I'm more of a brute man. <sighs> Keep telling you Keep telling yourself that, mate. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. I think that's an excellent place to leave it. Justin, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Justin. Really appreciate your time. Michael, welcome back. Good job. Thanks, Matt. People, keep listening. Uh, every two weeks, uh, The Underlay. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to The Underlay. If you want to hear more, follow us on all good podcast platforms.